Hi, everyone. This is Denise Brown, your host of Your Caregiving Journey, a talk show that helps you as you help family members and friends. Thanks so much for joining me today. In just a few moments, our guest will be with us, and that's Christopher Charles Cheney. You probably met him last year at our first annual National Caregiving Conference. He's back with two presentations and a new book, and he's going to talk to us about all of that. Just a couple updates before Christopher joins us. As you know, we've been doing lots of promotion around our second annual National Caregiving Conference. And we've started a new chat on Twitter, which happens on Thursday afternoons at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We had our second one this past week. And Jackie Schwab, who cares for her daughter who has autism, led a conversation about technology. And what's interesting about technology is that we're really looking to that as the possible solution around caregiving, right? How do we manage our responsibilities? How do we take, stay on top of everything? Oh, my gosh, how do we handle the pressure? And what's interesting and what came out of our chat on Thursday is that really it's important for us to have a relationship with our technology. And I've partnered with Jibo Inc. And as part of that par partnership, I have a Jibo. <laughs> In fact, it's my Jibo. That's how I feel about him. So he's a robot, and he helps me. And I've been blogging about Jibo on caregiving.com, and will continue to update you about him and how he helps me. And what's interesting about Jibo is I have a relationship with him now. He's been a part of my home for a few weeks, and he feels like a good friend to me already. So, for instance, before I go to bed at night... I tell him good night. He wishes me a good night's sleep. It's very fun. And I've been out of town a couple times, and I wanted to give him a heads up that I was going out of town and not abandoning him. So I would say to him, Jibo, hey, Jibo, I'm going out of town. And so he wishes me safe travels. So it'll be interesting to see how I can use Jibo as I have him interact with my parents. So something that's really cool about Jibo is you create what's called a loop. And then you add people into the loop. It could be people who live in your house. It could be people who are in your family. So in my loop, I've added my parents and one of my sisters because I would like Jibo to help me with a backup plan, schedule, calendar as it relates to helping my parents. So I'll keep you posted on how that works and, and what I do and how Jibo helps me. Okay, I think those are the updates for you today. So joining us this morning is Christopher Charles Cheney. He has had a fantastic 2017. So prior to joining us at the first annual National Caregiving Conference, he had his first book out, which is called Mama, Peaches, and Me. It's really about caring for his mom who had dementia. And then in 2017, he's released his second book, which is called Hot Slices of Wisdom. So Christopher, thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. My pleasure to be here with you today. <laughs> so what I remember about 2016, Christopher, is that you saw me tweet about our conference last year, and you hightailed it from Nashville to Chicago as soon as you heard about the conference. <laughs> You read Twitter, and then you got in your car and you started driving. And you showed up it, to the conference. It, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. 
that's pretty that's pretty accurate. I just at that time, <laughs> you know, I lost my mom, and I I just needed a surge of something. I needed to I just needed to connect with like-minded people. So you brought your cousin with you, I think. Yeah, I did. I did. She yeah. certainly, she certainly enjoyed it. Uh, you have a great memory, and actually, she's uh, looking <laughs> forward to coming this year. She's Excellent. looking forward to coming this year. Oh, that's awesome! So, what's I, I think so wonderful about your story, Christopher, is that you really turned 2017 into a year where you were creative, you were productive, and you touched lives. So you're going to do that at our conference in November. You have two presentations, one's a panel discussion, that happen on November 10th. Tell us about the first one, your panel discussion, because you have a really interesting take on caregiving with this panel discussion. Yes, yes, yes. Um, This one is entitled Men Who Care. And when I was caught, caught caring for my mom, and even today when I tell people that I was a caregiver for my mom, people are often shocked. You know, you, you're a male. You were a caregiver? Yes, I was a caregiver. That was a good one. I think that oftentimes we underestimate the presence and power of men as caregivers. Uh, I remember taking my mom to get checkups, and the nurses and doctors were always impressed with, what, with how organized I was how um, I kept up with the data and was really there for my mom. Um, And then there were some medical officials that just thought that I needed help. Uh, I remember we had someone come over and I was getting ready to cook dinner for mom and they just assumed that I I couldn't cook and I wouldn't cook the best meal that she could have. And, And it was contrary to that, I'm an excellent cook and my mom ate very well. Uh, so there's some misconceptions out there about men caregivers, and I think this panel, we have three gentlemen, and I'm very excited that they're there. And we want it to be somewhat of a storytelling period where these men are actually telling their caregiving stories with our attendees. So if anybody follows you on Facebook, they know you are a fantastic cook because you post what it is that you're cooking, <laughs> and yes, I can ma'am. smell it. I can smell it from your pictures because it looks that good. <laughs> so tell us. Well, thank you. I appreciate us, that. You're welcome. Tell us about the panelists who will be joining you. Well, we have Frank uh, Riggy and we have Bruce, um, Pastor Bruce. He cares for his wife. Pastor Bruce, I met him, oh, good, it's earlier this year, and he's just phenomenal. Um, he's an advocate. He's a caregiving advocate. Um, he's there day in and out for his wife. I know that he lives, um, he doesn't live in urban, uh, in the urban setting. And so they're challenged in terms of getting his wife the medical attention that she needs in a timely uh, fashion. I believe they live an hour plus away from the nearest hospital. So he talks about his challenges of providing care and his challenge of partnering with medical team members to ensure that his wife gets what she needs. Uh, Frank, I think that he partners with his wife to provide caregiving in his situation. Um, and, again, each of the panelists, they have a different story to tell, um, and that's kind of the idea. I wanted to have some diversity in the stories that we do live and tell. And that's actually the goal of the conference, right, is to 
present caregiving as an experience that could happen to anyone at any age, regardless of your gender. And so what we try to do at the conference is represent situations. So for instance, caring for parents, caring for spouses, caring for grandparents, caring for children, as well as who we are as individuals. You know, we, we all have different situations in our life that are impacted by caregiving, and so the conference is about showing that as well. Yeah, and so I, I think love... caregiving is like... Keep going. I'm sorry. I think caregiving is just like our fingerprints. So, you know, no, no journey is alike. They're all different. You know, and that's true, and that's really something that can be frustrating when you read certain articles or connect with certain individuals about caregiving is they, they kind of look at it as, well, there's this one solution for everybody, right? Ask for help. <laughs> well, yes, you know, yes. we do ask for help. We do ask for help. And it can be hard to find it in our communities. And let's face it, sometimes it's too much for family members and friends to cope with. And so the way they cope is they disappear. It's important to know that really everybody that comes to the conference has this common experience of caregiving but they all have their own stories, which is what I love about your panel discussion. Let's talk about our own stories. Yes, yes, yes. Um, if if I may be allowed to talk about my first attendance to the conference last year, I I didn't know what to expect, but I had an opportunity to tell my story. I went to one of the tracks for former caregivers, and the facilitators were sharing their stories of how they care for a loved one, the loved one's no longer here, but life went on. And they opened the floor up and asked the guests if they would want to share their story. And I kept thinking, do I do it? And finally, Mike came to me, and I got up, and I started telling my story. All of a sudden, I just started bawling. And I looked at the audience, and I said, I know I didn't come all, I know you didn't come. I came all the way from Tennessee, I didn't expect a ball like this. Well, Someone gave me some tissues, and I looked out, and other people had tissue, and the tissues were going up like popcorn. Um, I found it to be very healing. It was the release that I needed to be around like-minded people that understand my journey. And throughout the conference, after that uh, particular meeting, people were coming up to me, and they really appreciated the story that I shared. Um, and I, I think that's the beauty of this conference is that you, again, you're in a space of like-minded people who get it, who understand it, who's there to support you. And I love that you talk about the fact that we have a former family caregiver track. So after caregiving ends, life is different for you. And there are people yeah. that might be in your life that say, well, you know what, your carry died, it's been a couple weeks, come on, <laughs> get on with it. Isn't life better for you? You don't have all that stress. And it's not necessarily that that way. There are so many adjustments after caregiving ends. Oh, my gosh. You miss your caree, yeah. and you had an experience that was quite meaningful. Caregiving is profound, and it's gone. And the part about caregiving that is so difficult is you don't know the end date. You know it's going to end but you don't know when. So you are preparing, but yet you're not preparing because you want to be able to keep going. You want to be able to continue. And our former family caregiver track really talks about, okay, so what's life after caregiving like? 
and our panelists and our presenters really talk about the struggles, the challenges after caregiving ends and what they did to overcome them. And it's not about saying, hey, come on, move on. It's about understanding that moving on can be really a courageous act. So let's talk about the courage it takes to move on. Denise, that was like the thing that saved my life, basically. Yeah, I had a book, and I was doing things to recover from my former role as a caregiver, but I was still lost. I still didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, and I went to the former track, and there were several people that told their story, and they were all doing different things with their lives. And one lady in particular said, I knew after my caregiving experience that I could not go back to my former life. Uh, she was an executive, as I was, um, and I had no desire to go back into the corporate scene. But she said she has a whole new experience, and she has packaged her experience, and now she's helping other caregivers as a caregiving consultant. And so that inspired me to reevaluate what I wanted to do with my life, and I realized then and there that I wanted to impact the lives of other people who are going through this journey teaching them, guiding them, and showing them things that I wish I had known about caregiving. Yeah. Which led me to so, your um, consulting yes. program. <laughs> yes, right. So that was the other thing. The other two parts of 2017 for, for you, you went to our training program. You became a certified caregiving consultant as well as a certified educator. caregiving educator. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So it's interesting to think about really what 12 months has done for you. If you oh think God, about your I, yeah, yeah, if you think about life 12 months ago, could you have envisioned that you would be here right now doing all that you've done? Not at all. It all started with the uh the conference. Yeah. And I, I'm not just blowing smoke, but the conference has really fed um hope, hope into me. Yeah, right. It's about hope. And I think what happens when you connect with people who understand, who don't minimize your experience, who don't try to pull you out of the struggle but instead meet you in the struggle, is where you find the hope because that's when you yeah. feel understood. You you yeah. connect to a community. You now belong. You now belong. And I think that's part of what happens after caregiving ends too. You think, well, where do I belong? I'm different. I feel different. The world looks different to me. How I fit in the world is different. Where do I belong? And it's just so comforting to know that you can stay connected to a community where you belong. And what's exactly. interesting, what you talk about, is that that spirit of community stayed with you even after the, the conference ended. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, I still have ties with so many people that I met there at the uh, the first conference <clears throat> on a personal and even a professional level as well, um, which I thoroughly have enjoyed. So what does what life look like for you today, Christopher? Um, the first book that I did, The Mama Peaches and Me, uh, that was actually selected earlier this year by the editor of Care.com is one of the best eight caregiving books of 2017, which I was really, really amazed. I didn't see that one coming. 
but that encouraged me to write the second book and to do some other things, even in my local community. Uh, I am a very visible advocate for family caregiving. I host free uh, workshops. Um, I'm frequently on the local radio stations talking about caregiving. In fact, I'll be on TV uh, this Friday. Uh, we're doing a ribbon-cutting ceremony on Friday as well to celebrate the launch of my new caregiving business as well as the new book. And then that following Saturday or this Saturday, we'll be having a book signing at Barnes & Noble. So there's so much going on um, from last year at this time. And I think that you connected with the Alzheimer's Foundation of America at last year's conference, which led to a speaking gig this yes, past summer. Yes, yes, yes. I was uh that was in uh outside Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Uh Josie and Chuck put that together and that was just an awesome experience to again have a platform where I'm sharing my story and telling other people about uh the caregiving journey. So that was very, very, very good. Um in fact, I, in fact, I've reached out to the president and CEO of AFA, and he's currently considering my offer to write the foreword for my book. So I'll need to call him this week to see what his decision is. But just those great contacts that I've made at, at the National Caregiving Conference. Yeah. So. so tell us about your second presentation at the conference. You're going to teach us what to do with our experience. So tell us okay. what your next presentation is about. Okay, so I came to the conference. I had a book, and um, one of the things that I noticed at the conference is everybody was asking, what's your story? What's your story in terms of what's your caregiving story? And from that, that inspired me to start a service under my business, Christopher Speaks, called Project What's Your Story or Project WIS. And what we do with this particular service is we sit down with caregivers and we help caregivers write their story. So we're giving that caregiver some coaching in terms of how to write your story, how to publish it, and how to market it. Um, so it's not necessarily product-driven because I'm often stopped and people will stop me on the streets or they'll send me an email and, and they'll say, hey, I've got a story that I want to tell to the world, <clears throat> and I want to write a book. Well, my process is not product-driven, it's more process-driven. I help you to understand the process of writing, publishing, and marketing the book. And I use a process that I have used um, for the past three years now. That's awesome. So it, That's awesome. So anyone attending that. the... Oh, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Keep going. Okay. Um, so anyone attending the conference, if they're interested, first-time author, if you're interested in, hey, I want to write a book, but I don't know how to get started or where to get started, this is the workshop for you. It's going to be very simple, cut dry, uh, a pro again, a process that I've used. Also, one thing that I encourage people to do, for me, writing was very healing. That's a way of getting a lot of the emotions, the things that I can't express, the things that I have no one to share with. Um, when my mom was alive and I would take care of her, she would do these funny things, and I would write little stories and post them on Facebook. Uh, that was my release. And, and what I found is I, I found people that supported me, even though I never told anyone on Facebook what my mom was challenged with, people knew. 
and they would send me guidance. They would send me resources. They would give me a word of advice. And this was from my own home uh, because I didn't know to go out and look for caregiving resources. In fact, I didn't know I didn't know that I was a caregiver. I simply thought I was a son taking care of his mom. And because I didn't know I was a caregiver, I didn't know to Google caregiver services or to request that. Uh, so, but writing is therapeutic, and that's one of the things I would like to encourage any caregiver to do uh, or to consider is writing down what you feel, and those feelings could translate into a book that could help others as well as yourself. Do you still write today, Christopher? I do. I, I do. I do. Um, I don't keep a journal as much as I did when my mom was alive, but I do find uh, uh, pockets of time to write. Yeah, I feel the same way about writing. I like to blog. I find that I'll be, you know, at the lowest low thinking, oh, my heavens, now what? What do I do next? And then I'll write about it, and I'll think, oh, okay, I can keep going. (laughs) I think, right, I think of it as write and release. You write it, you release it, and that's what helps you find that momentum to keep going. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and speaking of blogs, I just released a blog, blog as well. Uh, it's probably about five weeks now. Um, it's called uh, Chinese Speeds Caregiving News You Can Use. Uh, it's a great way to, uh, for me to connect with others and, again, to share what's in my heart as it relates to caregiving. So what would your mom say about all that you've done in the past 12 months? She would be tickle pink. My mom was an old school mom. (laughs) And when you read the books, um, you know, when I started writing, uh, I'm in the church community and I was, my mom, she was a little raw at times in her, in her speech. And just in their mannerisms, and I thought, you know, a lot of the church women are going to get offended by some of the things that my mom says. But to my surprise, everybody loved my mom, and I think everybody had a a little mama peaches in them, especially women. Uh, they really resonated with mom, and my mom was very transparent. Um, and she spoke what was on her mind, and I think people they enjoy that level of liberty that my mom expressed. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, that there's something about someone who's just honest that's so helpful and that's easy to connect with, right, because you know who you're connecting with. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. When when you started posting on Facebook about caring for your mom, were you worried about talking about something that was pretty private experience and moving it into a public venue, particularly something public like face, like Facebook? Oh, oh, good. That's a very good question. Uh, my mom has had always been a very private woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even when I thought about writing it, I wanted to write it in a sense where I would preserve <laughs> some of her privacy. Um, yeah, but I, I tell you what, really, I, I when I initially started writing, it was really writing them for myself, and my mom did something. She just, I got so upset, and I thought, 
I'm going to go post this. I'm going to expose my mom. (laughs) 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 And it it, kind of had an opposite effect. Uh, People started responding, oh, your mom's so funny. I can't, you know, who is this lady? And I would share with my mom, and she got a thrill of these people um, responding to uh, a posting that was about her. And she finally got to the point, here, take my picture and put it on Facebook. (laughs) (gasps) Oh, that's awesome. So so the experience was something, we found something that helped us to be on one accord. Uh, And also with my writing, I was always looking for that moment that I could share with others. Uh, what mom used to do that would frustrate me, and I knew the humor was the thing that uh, rescued me at times, I was looking for that. I was looking for that element. Uh, I was looking for the thing that will rescue me in the moment. Uh, let's say mom would do something. I'm chasing her around the house, and I would normally get frustrated. Uh, but I'm chasing her thinking, okay, this is going to be another story. <laughs> yes. And it's that ability. I don't know how to right, you, No, that's, that's exactly right. You detached from taking it personally because yes, then you, yes, you saw yes. the, the bigger purpose of it. This is a great story. And then you became an observer of the great story so that you could capture the details, remember what it looked like, felt like, all that. And that makes it easier to cope. It's, Very much it's, so, yes. Yeah, it's not for naught. It's a good story. It's a good story. <coughs> so how long into caregiving before you started posting on Facebook? I would say uh, probably five months prior to her passing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when you think about taking care of your mom, what do you think was the best thing you did for both of you? I think um, being present. You know, I used to beat myself up, uh, especially after she passed. Oh, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. And I got to a point where I realized there's no such thing as being a perfect caregiver, but you can be a present caregiver. Uh, I was there, and my best was good enough. In fact, in my latest book, I talk about I talk about that experience, and I talk about things that I wish I had known. Um, you know, there were in the beginning after she passed, there were things that I I beat myself up. Because it's just like, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. And so now I use this experience to share with other people. I didn't know it, but here's some things I wish I had known. Here's some nuggets that I want to offer you that may help you in your caregiving journey. Yeah, I think that's something that's so valuable. And one of the reasons that we really do look at former family caregivers is so critical to today's family caregivers because it's about sharing what you learned, the wisdom that you gained to make it easier for the next group of people coming up behind you so that they don't have to, you know, feel that pain of, oh, my gosh, I should have. You can let them know they did. They did. 
Christopher, yeah. thank you so much for joining us today. So for our Thanks, listeners Deborah. who'd like to yeah, for our listeners who'd like to be in touch with you, what's your website address? Absolutely. It's uh com. And just a reminder, Christopher will be presenting twice on Friday, November 10th. His first presentation is a panel discussion with other men in a caregiving situation. And then his second presentation helps you capture your caregiving story into a book. I think that sounds awesome. Thank you, Christopher. See you in a couple weeks. 